Now it's ever more important to me to feel comfortable, to feel relaxed with who I am, and to stop judging myself so harshly. Now, I don't know about you, but that quote definitely resonates with me, and it's part of a larger conversation you're about to hear between Nadine Kelly, MD, yoga instructor and akimbo coach for Seth Godin Workshops, and myself, Tracy Bedford, host of the Invisible You podcast. Keep listening in our very first interview as we discuss connection and relationships in midlife and how that's changed as we've aged, pivoting in a career during this second phase of life, and how to unleash your confidence and gain the self-awareness to choose yourself first, regardless of the expectations that are placed on you by others and your surrounding environment. It's Tracy. Thanks for being here. And welcome to another replay of the day on this episode of Invisible You, a podcast for women over 40 living courageously. Thank you so much for being here, Nadine. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks again for coming on to Invisible You. Oh, I'm honored. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Well, you know, I know you from Seth Godin's Akimbo courses. You are an Akimbo coach. And ironically enough, we met, well, I say met in air quotes (laughs) in the podcasting course. And you really helped to shape my podcast because going into it, into the course, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so between you and some of the other coaches there, you were so helpful in just helping me to kind of mold the podcast into what I wanted and just gave me a clear vision of, of how that would look. So I so appreciate you. And it kind of brings me to something that's, I think, I don't know, I guess common right now, especially, you know, going out of quarantine and out of COVID and that's connection and how we're meeting people these days, because I feel like it's changed so much. And of course, you know, with the advent of social media and that kind of thing, but I think even more so with people on zoom, like 24 seven, we, you and I have never met in person. And in fact, this may be one of the first times I've actually ever seen you face. <laughs> I just say again, air quotes, face to face, but it's kind of the new way that we're connecting. And I have been binge listening to your podcast and some of the interviews that you've been doing. And I know that is a big theme throughout your podcast and throughout your life. And I'm just wondering how you see connection, not only nowadays with where we are as far as technology, but how you see it after 40, I think when it's harder to to form new relationships and to form new community, do you see connection as in with yourself and being more connected with yourself after a certain age? Or is it connection with your physical body or mental? Or maybe it's community and other people and your relationships. There's so many different avenues to go there. How does that look for you? And how are you applying that in your own life that maybe you could give us some advice on, especially for someone like myself who's over 40 and do have a difficult time meeting new people? Oh, Tracy, what a great opening. Thank you for talking about connection. That's near and dear to my heart. Thank you for picking up on it. You see me, you heard me. Thank you. That is a gift. Number one, so I would definitely say that anyone who gets you 
and get something that's really important to you is someone to have in your social circle, number one. Connection to me is multifaceted, just like you said. So it's not just connection to yourself, it's connection in your environment. People that mean a lot to you, people that uplift you, people that challenge you. I'll just talk about my own experience. It's fair to say that I'm a social introvert. I don't like big crowds. I don't like being swallowed up by a lot of people. But in intimate settings with small groups, two, three people, oh my goodness, I I love that, especially when we are going deep on a subject, when we can explore a subject or just really talk and not have to be superficial. I don't like small talk. It makes me extremely uncomfortable. But if somebody wants to talk about a topic and and they open up my mind and and help me think about something in a way I didn't see before or, or help me to see a blind spot, that's just one of my favorite things. Can I interrupt you really quick? Sure, sure. I just want to say to that, I feel the same way because the older I get, I realize life is too short to just talk about bullshit. Mm -hmm. The weather. (laughs) Right, Yeah. right. And just stupid stuff. You almost get to a point, I think, and it was after 40. I don't know what's this magic number, but it was after 40 that I was like, I just can't talk about soccer games and... (laughs) the weather and, you know, where I got the latest furniture from our house or whatever. It's like, please Mm -hmm. expand my mind. Let's just go a little bit deeper and connect a little bit more on that. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that resonated. I completely agree. Thank you. Thank you for saying that because you're right. There comes a point where, and it did start after 40 for me too, where it was like, I just want to be comfortable in my own skin. So that's another way that I connect is Having taken that for granted for such a long time, for the first 40 years, now it's ever more important to me to feel comfortable and to feel relaxed with who I am and to stop judging myself so harshly. So I've really been doing a lot of work with that. And the way I have been helping myself connect better with myself is by connecting with things that are meaningful to me. So as I said before, connecting socially with people that... See, a lot of people, what tends to happen is it feels comfortable to be surrounded by people who echo what you think. But it's also not so healthy. And so I want to be around people that are smarter than me, uh, know something about subjects that I don't know about, and help me to be better. Just help me to be a better person. Diversity is important to me. Diversity in terms of not just race, but also education level, socioeconomic status, age, so many things. I don't know if you know Dr. Andrea Wachnicki. She's a fellow podcaster, also alum of the podcasting workshop. And she and I are great friends and We just have these great conversations and she's so good at improving communication. She's a communications coach, a marketing expert. And, you know, she just did this post recently about, are you really taking a look at the people in your social sphere and really being intentional about it? And so that's another word that I find resonates with me very much these days lately is intentionality. So am I being intentional about 
what I'm doing, with whom I'm doing it, with the limited amount of energy and limited amount of time, you said. So it's not like you can just squander the time you have here. I feel like I have work to do. I feel like I have important contributions to make. So I seek out the people that'll help me do that. And that's one of the reasons why we met in Akimbo land, in the Akimbo workshops, I like to call it Akimbo (laughs) land, because I get to meet other people who are also trying to better themselves and who are very much aware of diversity and different ways of thinking and show each other so much respect and a group of people who quite frankly want all of us to do better. We're excited to see growth in each other. So that's another way that I look for connection is I think about what's important to me and I go and I seek it out. I'm proactive because I want to, again, surround myself with like-minded people who challenge me at the same time, smart people, the online community, finding workshops, finding book clubs, finding activities that excite you and don't deplete you. So back to that energy idea, there's only so much of it. If something is consistently depleting or draining you, don't do it. Take yourself off the hook. But if something is challenging, yet it's energizing to you, go seek that out. That's the way I think about connection as of late. Yeah. And it sounds like you like to be challenged. It's not just this vanilla conversations that are kind of mindless. You like a little bit of challenge. You like a little bit of diversity. And I agree with these Akimbo courses. People are coming from all over the world together in this one, like, I guess you'd call it a melting pot spot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's so interesting to just hear all the cultural differences and the languages, because I feel like sometimes when you're with those people that are exactly the same as yourself, it's like that crab in a bucket, people trying to kind of Mm -hmm. hold you down and hold Mm -hmm. you back. And you really want people that are trying to lift you up and make you feel better and support you. And you want to do the same thing for them because it just feels good. And so, yeah, I love that about the courses. And I like that about you. I think you're walking your talk and I appreciate that. Do you think as far as connection first, because, you know, the statistics of people feeling really lonely and just not feeling a part of a community and almost feeling disconnected. And when you feel disconnected, not only from other people, but from yourself, you look at things outside of yourself as other them versus us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, you know, you start to judge and criticize other people. And when you feel more connected to them, you realize, oh, we're all the same. We're all a part of this big world. Uh, We're in it together. Let's support each other. Do you think that first though comes with connection with yourself? Because I feel like I know I lost that along the way. I was disconnected from what I wanted. I was disconnected from who I was, what I loved, what I liked about myself. I didn't even like anything about myself. And, you know, just who I was in general as a person walking through this world other than a mom and a wife. So, yeah, do you think you need to be first connected with yourself before you can even go out and venture to connect with anyone else? Yes, I can totally relate to what you're saying. Several years ago, almost a decade ago, I was completely disconnected from myself as well. I didn't know what I wanted either. I quite frankly hated myself. I hated being in my own skin. So how could I look for things outside of myself that would be valuable if I didn't know what was valuable to me? Instead, I was looking out and comparing myself constantly. Not good enough compared to. Wish I were compared to. But with a lot of internal work, 
and a lot of willingness to be more compassionate to myself, to give myself the compassion I was showing everyone else around me, my kids, my family, turning that around on myself, willing to be patient with myself and willing just to lean into acceptance, self-acceptance, I then could start to understand what was important to me, what my values were, what my beliefs were. And then from that internal compass, look outside in the world for things that would enhance what I was looking for. And I'll use the word again, challenge me because my intellectual health, my brain health, my connection to my social circle, those are very precious values to me. And speaking of what you were saying, as far as it's been a decade that you've grown to connect more with yourself and feel more comfortable in your skin. I think that too, and learning more about you that came with some pivots in life. Mm-hmm. Because prior to this second life, you were a conventionally trained pathologist in your first life. You have since pivoted and now you are many things. We all wear multiple hats, right? But it's just interesting where you've gone from there as far as like a Kimbo coach, you are a podcaster, you're a musician, you're a yoga instructor, you are a martial artist. Should I go on? Um, I'm getting t- I'm getting tired thinking about it. <laughs> and, and that's been for me the big one because I'm 47 and around the same age as yourself, I have been thinking about what do I want to do with the rest of my life or what do I want to do when I grow up? You're not just this one thing. We try and put people into this box and this is it and this is all we are, but we're so many other things. Mm-hmm. And you have brought all these joys and all these loves into your life and actually been able to turn them into careers, not just hobbies, not just for the love of doing them, but some of them are actually careers. As women, that's something that we're looking for. And even just as humans, as we get older and we realize what we were doing in the past, is just not cutting it. And I'm just not feeling this call to what I was doing before. This purpose is not there. And for whatever reason that you were doing it for family, because you thought it was something you should be doing for culture or Mm. because you were just, you know, meandering through life and just were not intentional about it. So can you maybe give us some idea of, for those of us out there, and this is me, so it's kind of a selfish question. How can we go about turning some of these joys, turning some of these passions and pivoting them into careers so that the second half of life is more intentional, is more purposeful and is more enjoyable in general? One of my favorite books is by Natalie Nixon. It's called The Creativity Leap. And I love the way she described the leap because it made so much sense to me. You have to have belief and faith. You're not exactly sure if it's going to work, but that's where the belief and the faith come in. It's forward momentum. It's active. It's not passive. You can only leap forward You can't leap backwards. You can fall backwards. You need to leap forward. You need to do it. And what else is wrapped up in that? Agency. It's one of my favorite things that I learned in the Akimbo workshops. Seth Godin taught this to me. Choose yourself. Pick yourself. It sounds simple. But to really put that in practice and not have it be theoretical. I thought I had picked myself before in my first career. I thought I was choosing myself. But the reality of what I was practicing, the practice and the theory did not align. 
what I was doing on a daily basis did not align with what I wanted to be doing or I thought my life in medicine would look like. It just didn't. So I couldn't live out of alignment. And so it took a reset. It took working through a lot of fear, a lot of negative self-talk about failure and a lot of shame and going, well, just because things didn't work out the way I thought they would, just because I no longer wanted to practice medicine, that was very hard for me to admit to myself, just because I had done all of the quote unquote work and given so many years and spent so much money, I know I did it. But at the end of the day, those were excuses for me to keep going and pursuing something that was not just making me unhappy, but actually destroying me. So I had to choose myself and go out into the dark, <laughs> the darkness of what felt like this vast, scary place. And I had to take the leap and find the things. First of all, figure out what were my values? What were my beliefs? Why did I seek out medicine? And was there another way that I could use those desires and beliefs and still be of service in other ways? And that led me to teaching yoga to wise women, mature women with many physical abilities, because I could apply what I learned in medicine, respect for different bodies, understanding when a woman comes to me and says, I have this chronic disease, what precautions we could take, what modifications we could make. I could take that investigative part of me that I liked as a pathologist. I could take that listening, the deep listening skills that I valued as a pathologist, apply those in a community setting, be physical, connect with people, see them in real life and make true impacts in my community. I didn't anticipate that that would happen at first. I had to take that leap of faith. But years later, after almost 10 years of teaching, I'm living what I thought being a doctor meant. I am the doctor that I want to be right now without my white coat on, without a stethoscope, without a microscope. I'm doing the work that I was intended to do. I think it would have been perfectly logical for you to double down on what you were already doing, because mm -hmm. like you said, you'd spent all this time, all this money, all this energy, you know, you had these responsibilities, you had these people who thought of you in a certain way, and you didn't want to change that or let them down. And that could put some pressure on some people. Mm -hmm. I can see where the fear would come in. And you did what you wanted to do despite the fear. And so that took a lot of courage. And I think there's a lot of people out there, whether it be a career or in a relationship, who are so unhappy and they're desperate to get out of the situation, but they just don't know how. And so maybe they are numbing out with different things, or maybe they're distracting with different things. Where did you get the courage to do it anyway? Where did that come from? Was it just learning more about yourself? What makes you tick? How did you do that? Because I know there's a lot of people listening who, like I said, they're in certain situations and they just want out. And I remember feeling like that. Really, really good question. The main things, I'm a big proponent of mental health, advocating for your mental health. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean that it's not an issue. A lot of therapy so that I could have the space and the time to process my thoughts and 
challenge certain beliefs and certain self-limiting beliefs and to open up my mind to different possibilities and to dig deep and find that courage and find that curiosity that was really buried and start to put that into practice. And then my social circle, my family, and the handful of friends who really cared about me rallied around me in those tough moments and helped me big time. Choosing yourself, advocating for yourself, getting the help, the proper help that you need. As human beings, we do need other people. And so you've got to be able to find those people. And they're not going to be many, but those people that are really there for you in your dark, dark moments. And it's interesting because I feel like some of those people have been around you, but you just haven't really utilized them because you've Mm. taken them for granted because Mm -hmm. they've just always been there, you know, and maybe you never went on a certain level with them. I've found that with some family members in my life. I took them for granted. They were always in the background, you know, it was those once in a while calls. Hey, how you doing? Happy birthday, that type of thing. And when things got really rough, I relied on them for that mental health and for that support that I couldn't give myself. And so it was between them and then doing things like signing up for courses. And like you said, a book club, I'm in a book club and I've met some great people online. And most of my friends right now are online. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. Same here. Never met them in person. (laughs) But don't you find that it's expanded your world a lot more? Because the physical proximity is nice and everything, but in a way it's limiting. But one of the great things about the internet and seeking these online courses is that you can meet people. I have friends in Australia now, like what? You know, I mean, I have people all over the United States. I have people in Canada. I know I've never met them either in person, but they're my friends. I can reach out to them at any time and say, hey, stuck with this, or I'm celebrating this thing. And they will geek out with me. Like they really care. (laughs) That's a big one too. Celebrating. Mm -hmm. We don't do that enough. We do not celebrate our wins. And I know in a few other online mediums that I'm in, the first thing we do is we say, what were our wins for the week? What gains do we have for the week? And that's in a couple different things. We tend so much towards the negative Mm -hmm. that it feels almost weird to celebrate the positive. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't feel right, but it so affects your mood. It's like saying, what am I grateful for today? It's another one that just really affects your mood. If you can think of all the things that make you happy or that you appreciate, how can you it not put you in a state of mind, especially if you're in just one of those moods? We have them. It happens. We're human. And I'm just wondering if you have any practices that can help you, especially through yoga, I would imagine maybe some breathing and things that can bring you back down to that baseline and maybe lift you up a little bit throughout the day. Cultivating more self-awareness so that you can actually separate the thoughts that you're having from reality, be able to recognize your narratives, your habitual narratives, and bring yourself back to earth and separate yourself from those narratives and pause, stop yourself in the moment from the negative self-talk or the limiting self-beliefs, or maybe you do need to honor, hey, I'm not feeling that great today. So maybe today I don't push myself and you go, okay, then maybe I don't. And I can take a step back and leave this thing or step out of a situation that you can't necessarily handle in the moment if you feel particularly low 
or depleted that day because you're a person. Maybe you back off from having a difficult conversation, or maybe you decide, you know, I'm going to take myself on a timeout and I'm going to not spend too much time around the family members that I love because I'm a little snarky today. So, you know, it's just being willing to be self-aware. I've learned that a lot from my yoga practice, whether it's physically doing the postures and maybe my down dog is not what I want it to be today, or I'm not feeling as energetic, so I'm having trouble getting through my sun salutations. Then I just say to myself, well, that's okay. It's a moment of self-acceptance and it means, okay, maybe I slow down or maybe I take a child's pose for a while here and take a break. There's also so much of the breathing exercises and where it's just a matter of it takes self-awareness. It's time for a timeout. So I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to do some breathing just for a minute or so, deep breathing and actually pay attention to it and how it feels in my body to relax myself. Or even when you start that practice to begin to notice if the breathing is erratic, if it's sped up because I'm feeling agitated, then I know that I can sit down and slow that down and just practice breathing from my belly all the way up to my chest and really paying attention to slowing that down, making it deep, continuous, flowing breath. Meditation is another way you get to learn a lot about your self-talk, your narratives. People think you're supposed to empty your mind during meditation. And yes, you want more space, but one of the key values of meditation or one of the key activities during meditation is to notice your thoughts because we are creatures of habit. And so if you catch yourself saying the same thing to yourself during the meditation, then that's great because then you can understand yourself a little bit better and you can question. You can question later on, why do I say that to myself all of the time? Or where does that even come from? Is that something I learned many years ago? Like, is it serving me? Can I let that go? So those are the different practices I think we can use to better ground ourselves. And then it opens that door for what you were talking about, which is celebrating. Because it's biological for us as human beings to focus a little bit more on the negative. That's why social media, the news and all that stuff, when it's something negative, it catches our eye and we feel this doomsday feeling. And it's harder to stop and say, what can I be happy about? That's why people are talking about gratitude practices so much now and the value of them, because it's harder work to sit down and go, what am I thankful for today? (laughs) Rather than, oh my God, this sucks. It's another negative thing. That's easy, but it is harder to stop and go, you know what? My husband did something really nice for me. It was a tiny thing. He walked into my bedroom this morning and brought me my cup of coffee. I didn't ask him for it. I didn't have to shout at him for, you know, nothing like that. He just wanted to do that tiny nurturing thing for me. And I can stop and go, not only am I grateful for that, but I can stop and look at him and say, this means a lot to me, this thing this morning that you did for me. You know, it started my day off really well. So thank you. I love that you were able to appreciate the tiny things because I think we do tend to take those for granted. Maybe one of the reasons we do that is because we take ourselves for granted. And once we start 
stopping, like you said, and taking a minute and pausing and just reflecting on some of the good things in life, we realized we got it pretty good. Especially if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have it pretty good. (laughs) Just to put a smile on your face by kind of going through and listing some of those things that you're appreciative for and not only things, but people. Like you were saying, your husband, being appreciative of people. And I think that's so important because we really do underestimate the power that the people around us have over everything we do, from how we think about ourselves to how we think about the world to how we move around in the world. I just think it's so important, but I feel like it's really underrated. But as you know, more courses come up online and more groups form online, I think we're starting to realize, wow, I'm finding my tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, the people mm-hmm. around me, maybe in my physical space, I've gotten used to them and they've gotten used to me, but I don't know that they're necessarily my tribe. <laughs> yes. And it sounds like you found that, especially with the akimbo courses and things like that. But I kind of want to rewind for a second and talk about that self-talk because I don't think people appreciate that they can ignore some of that Mm self-talk. And it's not always truth. Like just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Mm -hmm. Would you mind talking a little bit about that? How you can maybe distance yourself from that or maybe be more aware of that? It could be through journaling or stopping or pausing. But I don't think, again, people understand the importance of trying to distance yourself from it because it's not always truth. Sometimes I'll stop myself and I will say the negative thing out loud just to diminish its power. So just getting out of your head and out into the universe and acknowledging it. Because I think sometimes we tend to just gloss over it or we hear it so many times in our head that we just, we get used to it and we think of it as normal. But yeah. You know, the other thing is talking to someone else, someone you really trust. And you say, you know, sometimes I have this weird thought that's X or Y, because you think it's so unique to you. And then that person goes, I think that way too sometimes. <laughs> and so then when you appreciate that commonality and how absurd it is, then humor helps. Yeah, because I've had moments like that with my sister, or my daughters, and you know, I'll say, I, you know, I've had this weird thought or I believe this or I fear this thing. And they go, yeah, me too. And it's simply not true. And then we can both laugh and move on. We just had a discussion. The cicadas are going crazy here. I'm in (laughs) Ohio. (laughs) And I was saying, I feel like I'm the only one who's like afraid to leave my apartment (laughs) and go out and live my life because of a bug. (laughs) And and I was telling you that and you, you were like, yeah, I totally get it. And I feel like, thank you. You're my people because (laughs) I can't find anyone else. I I had one on my purse until my coworker. I said, I I feel a presence, like something's (laughs) going on. And I looked down and there's a cicada on my purse and I freaked like high girlish scream. And she just picks it up by the little wings and is like, you just pick it. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Gross, gross, gross. No, no. So you validated my cicada feelings. because. I do not like those things. No, no. So yeah, you're right. I love the idea of just a acknowledging it and just throwing it out into the universe and saying, you know what? I'm scared shitless because of dot, 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 or this is freaking me out. Or, you know, talking to someone else and saying, I don't know what is wrong with me, but I am thinking, and they're like, nothing's wrong with you because I'm thinking the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
So it's nice to have those feelings validated. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it does, it takes away the power that it has over you because it's trapped inside and you're not, you're just letting it repeat itself and you're not giving it this air and putting it out into the light mm-hmm. and then going, mm-hmm. huh, is this true or not? A lot of the times it's just not. <laughs> That and I've noticed too, like a loved one or someone that I'm around a lot, if they're saying something negative over and over, I end up thinking that. And because Mm. I start putting it in my voice in my head, I think of it as true. And I have to stop and go, is that even my thought? (laughs) I'm getting it from someone else. And I've turned it into my thought. Exactly. I hear it in my own voice in my own head. It's just so interesting how the mind works. But, you know, like you were suggesting, there's little shortcuts to kind of bring it out into the light and to diminish its power and just knowing that not everything you think is the truth. And you mentioned journaling earlier. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the morning pages, Mm -hmm. uh, Julia Cameron's morning pages. And I fell out of practice with that a few years ago, but I did it for a long time. And that's so effective, so effective, waking up first thing in the morning and just writing for three pages nonstop. It doesn't have to be anything that anyone, and it shouldn't be anything that anyone's going to read. They don't have to be complete sentences. The grammar doesn't have to be correct. But that's another way of taking away that power of those internal thoughts, because then you get to look down and go, oh, okay, (laughs) I'm done with that. And now I can move on with my day with a clear mind and not carry this junk around me the rest of the day. Yeah, I'm with you. I've done that as well. And I kind of fell out of practice after a while too. I've heard a lot of creatives and people who have gone on to do amazing things. And they said that when they get stuck, that's what they do is go to those morning pages and they restart those again. It's amazing how it can just reboot Mm -hmm. some of your creativity or get some of those things out there and clear your head so that you can think about other things. But yeah, that's a good one. I'll link to that in the podcast as well. So if people want to check that out, that's a good suggestion. So as we're wrapping up, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I missed? Is there something coming up that you'd like to direct people toward? What's going on with you and how can we support you? How can we help you? Well, thank you for that question. I am taking some brave steps right now. I am working on my first book. Wow. Congratulations. uh, Thank you very much. I am aiming to have this done by Mother's Day of next year, because it is a cookbook slash memoir that I'll be writing because I want to celebrate the matriarchs in my family and our Haitian culture with writing down these Haitian recipes and also just getting to talk to my mother who can be this bridge to my ancestors. So I want to learn more about her mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother, my maternal great-grandmother, through stories around food. And I want to make this a piece that also weaves in art because I love art and it's going to be illustrated by a Haitian artist. So I'm just putting that out there because it's giving me more courage to continue taking that leap because this is going to be the first time I'm writing a book. But I need to do it and I'm scared. So I know it's necessary. That sounds awesome. 
celebrating the matrix of your family. And we didn't even get into your background and your first generation mm-hmm. Haitian. Haitian American. Uh, okay. Haitian American. And we'll have to have you back on because I'd love to learn more about that. But you're just doing a little bit every day to keep yourself moving forward and to keep growing because if you're not growing, well, what are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> you're staying stagnant or you're dying. If you think about a tree, if it doesn't keep growing, it's probably going to be cut down. So again, with the pivot, now you're going to be an author. I could learn so much from you. And I'm thinking, man, I really need to get moving because I am feeling not so much of a high achiever at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It's just what, what brings you joy? What do you want to see in the world? What do you want to be your legacy? Did you say you were a mom? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think about this a lot for my girl. I have two girls. They are 23 and nearly 21. And I didn't necessarily think about it like this early on when they were kids, but definitely now I want them to see me walking the walk, as you said, and talking the talk and feeling possibility. Yeah, I agree. And there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. I think we end up holding ourselves back because of what you were talking about before fear, but there's so much possibility if you can just take the first step. And sometimes that can be the hardest. You've done a lot of first steps. And so that's, that's really inspirational. And I think I'm going to definitely keep on following you and checking out your podcasts and going to your YouTube channel. That was another thing I wanted to talk about that we didn't get to, which is movement and all that. So I've got a lot of my, a lot of content on my YouTube channel. It's definitely movement. And I also put my podcast episodes on there as well. I have something called the Yogi MD toolbox that I do every Friday. And those are tiny, tiny tips to make yoga It's not a big deal. It doesn't have to be a one to two hour practice every day. Yoga is a lifestyle. And so Yogi MD Toolbox is just little tips that you can weave into your day to make your day better and to make it more of a habit, to make yoga a habit. Mm -hmm. Making a habit out of the practice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's not about perfection. That's something else we'll have to talk about because that's a big (laughs) one for me. I'm definitely a perfectionist. I'm getting better. I'm getting better as I get older, but yeah. Well, Nadine, I want to thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate this conversation and getting to know you more and getting to know all the different things that you're into right now. And I look forward to following you and, and hopefully having you back on to discuss some of the other things we didn't get to. Sounds great, Tracy. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Thanks, Nadine. So obviously, this was a bit of a change from our regularly scheduled program, but I thought it would be good to switch it up from time to time and hear from people I want to learn more about and go a little deeper into their own story with questions that I had. And I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I did. And if you'd like to learn more about Nadine and what she's up to, links to both her social media as well as both books that she mentioned in this episode are posted in the show notes below. And check out my newsletter to get a sneak peek into more of my own journey on how I'm fumbling my way through my 40s and beyond. As always, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share with someone you think might benefit. And until next time, thanks for listening.